As we close out season three of this podcast, I am super excited to share this awesome and inspiring story of a female boxer out of England whose name is Nicola Adams. Growing up with an abusive father, Nicola found boxing as a means of defending and protecting herself and her mother from more violence. From overcoming gender inequalities in her early career to becoming the first double Olympic gold medalist in boxing and finishing her professional career with an undefeated record, Nicola Adams has played a pivotal role in propelling female boxing to what it is today. So let's end season three by diving into the levels of Nicola Adams' story. Nicola Adams was born in Leeds, West Yorkshire, England on October 26, 1982. Her early life was incredibly difficult because her father physically abused her and her mother constantly, which plays actually a pretty big part in her becoming interested in learning how to box in the first place. So she recalls one specific instance when she was about five years old where her mom and dad were in a fight and... She tried to step in and defend her mom with this plastic toy sword, but she remembers her dad just tossing her to the side very easily. And it got so bad that she even suggested to her mom that they murder, they actually murder her father. She was inspired to do so one day after watching this TV show called Brookside, where the family in the show had an abusive father that they ended up murdering and burying in the backyard. So one day, she comes home, uh, finds her mom crying on the stairs, and she told her mom the plan to which her mom said, no, I need to change. We just, we need to move. And eventually, they do. They get out. They move away from her father. But the violence doesn't stop there, unfortunately. Numerous other men that Nicola's mom ended up with were abusive. She recalls one time coming home from school to her mom shouting at this one guy as he was taking the furniture literally out of their house. So she runs up to her mom to her room and grabs a, a hammer and threatens to use it on the guy if he doesn't leave right away. Fortunately, she didn't have to use it, right? He ended up, you know, leaving the premises, but she would pr then proceed to sleep with that hammer under her pillow for many nights to come just in case she had to use it at some point in the future. And that wasn't all. It wasn't like the, fir the first mess up was, was bad and the second one was bad. No, there were multiple men after that. She recalls another man that was violent towards her mother and she ended up throwing a brick through the back window of his car as he drove away. So it must have just been, it just seemed like this never-ending cycle of violence that they really couldn't get away from, which is why... It was such a relief for her to find an outlet and sanctuary, which became boxing. So when she was just 11 years old, she went with her mom to a local gym and saw that she could take boxing lessons, which is where she first fell in love with the sport. Just one year later, right? Most people train to box for quite a long time before they actually have their first match. One year after she first starts boxing, she was in the ring for her first fight, representing, and I'm going to botch this name, but it was Herring, Herringy Police Community Club. And it was a fight that she would end up winning, 
but it would be another four years after that before she could even find a second fight because of how rare it was for girls to be allowed to box in the 1990s. Women were actually banned from boxing in Britain at the time. Nevertheless, she got hooked on boxing. She was addicted to it. Eventually, she gets a few more fights in and starts to travel to other countries to enter into more tournaments because, obviously, she can't do it in England. And in 2003, she recalls fighting in her first amateur international tournament in Hungary. And this is a trip that she actually had to pay for herself, which is a trend that carries on throughout this large portion of this story through her professional career because there was no funding, especially even in the Olympics, for female boxing. Her male counterparts were given travel stipends, nutritionists, and even doctors at each fight. Some fights she would even show up and have to use the gear from the woman who fought in the in the match just before her. So she'd walk out of the ring and get handed these sweaty and maybe even sometimes bloody gloves and just get shoved back into the ring as and just, you know, told to to fight, to go. It was crazy. The the gender inequalities were insane. She also in this first fight in Hungary had only 10 fights under her belt and she was going up against European champions who had more than 60 fights. But regardless, she goes four fights, right, in this tournament and ends up winning all four to claim her first gold medal, a championship that she would retain for the next three years to come. She won this tournament for three years after that as well. Only 10 fights at first and she just goes 4-0. So at this point, she's pumped, right? She's even more addicted than she was when she first started. And she thought that by winning this first multinational tournament, that it would prove to people back in Britain that not only should women be allowed to compete in boxing, they should be treated with the same respect as men. But the higher-ups continued to just dangle that carrot in front of her, saying, go away and win more medals at tournaments, do that, and then you'll have more funding. When she'd get back with more medals, they'd come up with another reason or excuse not to give her what she wanted. So in 2007, she suited up for her first European championship and ended up winning a silver medal. Then she heads off to China in 2008. But remember, she's still paying for her own travel to get there and she wasn't really given any time to acclimate after arriving. So she remembers actually one instance being on the, on the bus just landed in China, you know, big time difference. She's tired on her way. She's on the bus on her way to her first match. And she has to drink two cans of Red Bull just so she wouldn't fall asleep on the bus ride there, just so she can stay locked in. Incredibly, she ends up winning a silver medal at that tournament The next year, she has to sit out for several months due to a back injury, but as soon as she was able, she starts fighting again. You know, can't you 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 can't take the fight out of this woman. She wins another silver medal at the World Championships in Barbados that year, still paying for her own travel and expenses. So I want to take a quick break from her fighting career to just touch on this important point that I think often gets overlooked, which is how she's actually paying for all of this travel, how she's paying for everything, because no one's helping her out at this point. So 
For those of you who are athletes, especially college or professional athletes, you understand how time-consuming your sport can be. You have to spend time in the training room, getting treatment. You have to watch film on your opponents. You have to actually practice for hours on end. Not to mention, Nikola is also traveling for these tournaments, which are quite far away and they take a long time and they're not cheap. So in order to fund all of this, the whole time she's fighting, she's also working as an acting extra and builder on various soap operas like Coronation Street and EastEnders in, in England. Finally, in 2009, the Olympic Committee backs funding for women's boxing and Nicola starts going on a tear. She's now got the funding. She can, you know, focus on boxing, not have to work this other part-time job that she's not really interested in. And she's got the money to do so. So November 2010, she wins the first ever Great Britain Amateur Boxing Championship, right? Great Britain had banned women's boxing before. Finally, they open it up and she wins it the first year. 2011 then, she wins gold medals at the European Union Championships and European Championships. Then in the summer of 2012, her big moment finally arrives. All of the championships, all of the, all of the amateur matches that she's been winning, all the training that she's been doing, all the work that she's put in up to this point is finally about to pay off. And she defeats Mary Kam from India in the semifinals and Ren Kankan from China in the finals of the Summer Olympics. Nikola was finally an Olympic gold medalist. And if that wasn't enough, in 2016, at the Rio Olympic Games, right four years later, Nikola defends her gold medal, defeating Sarah, and I'm going to botch this name too, Sarah Oramon of France in the finals. And what's crazy to me is despite all of her medals and past successes, she still wasn't actually declared a professional until she signed with a promoter named Frank Warren on January 23rd, 2017. So she was a double Olympic gold medalist and still not a, technically not a professional boxer. So now she starts her professional boxing career. And it was unfortunately really, really short because of a serious injury. And it went something like this. So her first match was in April of 2017. And she wins from a points decision victory. Uh, then she goes on to, to win the next three fights by TKO. She then comes to face this woman named Isabel Milan for the WBO interim, and interim is important here, WBO interim female flyweight title in October of 2018. She beats Milan in 10 rounds, which is pretty crazy because this was her very first fight that actually went beyond four rounds. So she wins by unanimous decision to win the WBO interim title. So she wasn't actually the, the, the outright champion. She then gets scheduled to fight for the full title in March of 2019 against the reigning flyweight champion, but the fight ends up getting postponed because Nicola suffered an injury while training, and what ends up happening is the current WBO champion also gets hurt while successfully defending her title in April of that same year, but she also... <laughs> she, she gets hurt in, in, the, in, the, in defense of her title... And then she also goes and gets in a car accident and injures her ankle. So because she's unable to fight, Nicola 
goes from interim WBO champion to full WBO champion. So she didn't actually have to fight uh, Milan for it, but she ended up earning full WBO champion because the fight got postponed for so long. Her career then, unfortunately, comes to an abrupt end when she has to face this woman named Maria Salinas in September of 2019, which was her first defense of the WBO title. So she ends up winning the fight in a split draw, but what's crazy is that during the first round of the fight, right, She this is a fight that she won. During the first round of the fight, she suffers a torn pupil because Salinas's thumb accidentally caught her in her eye and tore her pupil in two places. She <laughs> goes on to win the fight, but she initially thought that it was just a minor, you know, small injury. But what later happened was she discovered after talking with her doctors that she could actually go blind if she even minorly injured it again. So on November 6th, 2019, Nicola Adams announced her retirement from the sport of boxing. And her statement to, to the world was, quote, I'm immensely honored to have represented our country. To win double Olympic gold medals and then the WBO championship belt is a dream come true. But it's not without taking its toll on my body. And aside from the expected aches and pains, I've been advised that any further impact to my eye would most likely lead to irreparable damage and permanent vision loss. So some of her notable accomplishments include being nominated for BBC's Sports Personality of the Year in 2012. She topped the list of the Independence 101 Most Influential LGBT People in Britain in that same year. She was awarded an honorary Doctor of Laws degree from the University of Leeds listed as one of BBC's 100 uh, women in 2015, and was included in the annual power list as one of the most influential black Britons. In her professional boxing career, right, it was, it was pretty short, but she fought six times and with a record of 5-0-1, five wins, one draw, and three of those wins were TKOs. To inspire even more girls, with Nicola's incredible story, a documentary was actually made recently about her childhood and boxing career, and it was released in May of 2021. It's called Lioness, the, Le the Nicola Adams Story. So definitely go check it out. It's on Amazon Prime, I believe, if you um, want to go watch it for yourself. And um, if you found Nicola's story after listening to this inspiring and impactful as I did. So it's an it's a, it's a awesome documentary. Definitely go check it out if you can. And finally, in July of last year, she welcomed her first child into the world alongside her girlfriend, Ella. So I want to close this episode out, close out season three with a quote from Nicola herself talking about what boxing has done for her life and what it meant to her back when she was going through such a difficult, violent time in her childhood. So I'll, I'll end it after this quote. Boxing gave me courage, and it made me think that if anything happened again, I'd be able to protect myself and my family. Boxing also became my safe space because there was a coach I saw every day. It was like I had a second family and somebody I could talk to. Once you got into the gym, you could put everything aside and just be yourself. Music